Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. What's up, everybody, and good evening to you. My name is Pastor Mark, and I am ecstatic that you took the time tonight to be with us for our Good Friday service. Man, Jesus has been so good to us. I'm excited that he died on the cross. I don't know about you, but the fact that Jesus died on the cross, we have access to life abundantly. And I just feel good in my soul. I'm ready to preach already. But before we get into the sermon, why don't you share this? I don't know what platform you're watching on, but if you're watching on Facebook, click the share button. If you're watching on our website, click the invite button and then share this time with somebody else. One word from God can totally revolutionize somebody's situation. And we want to share Jesus with someone else. I also want to let you know that we're doing communion tonight. I'm so um I'm so happy when we're always able to commemorate the death and the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ through Holy Communion. So all you're going to need tonight is a little bit of juice and a piece of cracker, and we are going to do communion together. We'll do that after the sermon. But are you ready for the word of God? If you're ready for the word of God, just type, oh yeah, in the chat, and we're gonna get into this thing. But before we do, I'm gonna pray for our time together tonight. Lord, thank you that we can come together tonight just to be reminded of the fact that you died We are grateful that you died for us, God. We are grateful that you have cleansed us from all of our unrighteousness. And now we stand in a posture of victory. And God, we can celebrate the sacrifice that you made to give us eternal life. I pray God you'll bless this word tonight. I pray God you'll breathe on it and bless and sanctify and cleanse and anoint everything that we do tonight. Let it be for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's jump right into the word of God. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 36. I have a word from the Lord that I want to unpack with you tonight. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. I'm going to pause right there. We're going to read some more, but I want to give you my subject. Tonight's subject is the olive and the oil, the olive and the oil. Put it in the chat, the olive and the oil. At this point in time, in the scripture that we read, Jesus has exited the upper room. He has just shared his last meal with his disciples, and he has ventured into the Mountain of Olives. And within this Mount of Olives is a garden called Gethsemane. He is surrounded by olive trees. He is in the middle of an olive grove because the word Gethsemane means olive press. 
And Jesus is in the middle of the place that they made oil, the place that they turned olives into oil. Now, it is no coincidence that Jesus is in this garden. It was a garden that he frequented with his disciples. They've been there many times, but on this night, it is no coincidence that Jesus is here. He is here to prepare for his purpose. Jesus is keenly aware of the fact that in order to step into the full purpose of God, you have to go through the process of preparation. And Jesus is in the middle of the place where they pressed olives into oil. That is no irony because Jesus is feeling the very pressing that the olive is feeling. He's feeling pressed in his power, pressed in his humanity, pressed in his anointing because all of the weight of sin is now bearing down on the shoulders and the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. He's being squeezed in his purpose. But Jesus realizes that in order for him to obtain purpose, he has to go through this great season and moment and time of preparation because preparation is inextricably connected to purpose. And when you go through seasons of preparation, you will often be pressed. You will often be squeezed. You will often feel overwhelmed because pressing is a part of preparation. In fact, pressing is the part of the process that prepares you for your purpose. I need somebody to write that down. Pressing is a part of the process that prepares you for purpose. You cannot have purpose without preparation, and you cannot have preparation without pressing. And Jesus is in his final moments before he has to pay the ultimate price for our sins. He is going to be the eternal lamb of God that is sacrificed to take away the sins of the world. And just like the Passover lamb, the literal Passover lamb has to be prepared and has to be processed. Jesus is in this garden and he is being prepared. He is being processed. Jesus knows that he has to go through this moment, this season of preparation. And I want to ask somebody today and tonight as I kick off this Good Friday sermon, I want to ask you a question. Are you prepared for your purpose? Put it in the chat. Are you prepared for your purpose? You may know what your purpose is, You may be able to identify what God wants to do in your life. But my question to you tonight is, are you prepared for purpose? Because preparation is not easy. Preparation is difficult. And in order for you to really grab onto your purpose, you have to go through the gauntlet of preparation. Many people, when they finally step 
step into their purpose, when they finally step into a place of success, they crumble under the weight of purpose, not because they weren't destined for that particular purpose, but it's because they skipped the season of preparation. I want to tell somebody tonight, you can't skip preparation. You can't skip the squeezing and the conditioning of your spirit, of your life in order for you to realize and maximize your purpose. God has you right now in this moment in a season of preparation because God knows what's coming. You don't really know all of what's coming, but God does. does. So God has to prepare you for what he's about to do in your life. I feel like right now in this season, somebody's going through a great trial, a great um, circumstance, a tough season of preparation. It's like God is conditioning your finances. It's like God is conditioning your mind and your emotions because God knows knows what's coming. And perhaps this pandemic for you has been preparation. Maybe this season of financial loss for you has been preparation. It has not been fun. It has not been a bed of roses, but it has been a pressing. It has been a squeezing of your spirit. It has been a squeezing of your friendships and relationships because God has you in the crucible of preparation. I need you to know that God is preparing you. Some Somebody that's watching me tonight, God is preparing you for what's coming next. You cannot sideswipe, you cannot sidestep this season, this pathway of preparation. If you retreat from preparation, you'll never step into purpose. But God wants to prepare you right now because God wants to push you into what's coming next. And you have to go through preparation. Preparation. You have to go through preparation, Jesus, in these final moments of his life. He is in the Garden of Gethsemane, the place of the olive press, because he is in his moment of preparation. I don't know who that's for tonight, but God wants to condition you. That's why you're going through what you're going through, because God wants to condition you. And Jesus, he takes his disciples into this garden because Jesus wants to pray. Before he steps into where he needs to be, he wants to pray. He wants to prepare. He is the sovereign God wrapped up in human flesh. He is so sovereign that a few nights before this night, Jesus, he, he tells his disciples to go into the village, go into the city, and there you're going to find a colt, a donkey tied up. And I want you to tell the owner of that donkey that the master has need of him. Jesus is sovereign enough 
to know where the donkey is. He is sovereign enough to know where this colt is because Jesus needs this donkey to ride through the streets of Jerusalem as the people will wave the palm leaves, as the people will cry Hosanna. He needs this donkey to ride in on. And so Jesus, he is sovereign. He knows where this donkey is. Before the disciples get there, he is sovereign enough to know the condition of the donkey, to know the fact that the donkey has never been ridden on, to know that this donkey has never been touched, that this donkey is special. He knows all there is to know about this donkey because Jesus is sovereign. But yet in the garden, a few days later, he is found to be a man in sorrow. How is it that Jesus, who is sovereign, can also be sitting in the seat of sorrow? Why is it that Jesus, even though he's sovereign, would subject himself to sorrow? I don't know about you, but if I was God, and I was sovereign, I would not submit myself to the seat of sorrow, but he is in agony. He is in pain. In fact, the Bible says in verse 37, and he, Jesus, took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Jesus is overcome with grief. He is overcome in agony. He is overcome with pain. And he is going through great sorrow. His soul, the Bible says, is overcome with sorrow. That means that Jesus is feeling sorrow in the core of his being. He is feeling sorrow in the essence of his existence, in his emotions. He is feeling sorrow. Why is it that Jesus, who is sovereign, would want to go through sorrow? Isaiah says this about Jesus. Isaiah says that he is a man of sorrow acquainted with grief. And I believe that Jesus goes through this great season of sorrow because Jesus wants us to understand that when we're in preparation mode, when God is preparing us for our purpose, we will go through great seasons of sorrow. We will go through sadness. We will go through pain because sorrow is a part of the preparation of your heart. Sorrow is a part of the preparation that your psyche needs, that your mind needs in order to be what God has called you to be. You've got to go through seasons of sorrow and be able to handle it. And if the Savior who is sovereign, the Savior who can do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, if he did not exempt himself from sorrow. What makes you think that you can be exempt from sorrow? I'm coming for somebody right here. Why do you believe that if you're supposed to be God's disciple and more like Jesus, why do you think you can retreat and run away from sorrow? If Jesus had to go through sorrow, you have to go through sorrow. If Jesus 
had to prepare in the gauntlet of pain, had to prepare in the prison of pain. You too have to go through sorrow. There isn't anybody under the sound of my voice tonight that will be able to escape sorrow. And maybe you've been going through great sorrow in this season. You need to count it as joy. You need to count it as victory. You need to count it as preparation for what God is about to do. You're in the middle of sorrow. It's as if Jesus is in the school of sorrow. Write that term down, the school of sorrow, because the school of sorrow will teach you a few things. The school of sorrow will teach you how much stress you can bear and carry. The school of sorrow will teach you a lot about yourself. It will teach you about your limitations and how much God can stretch you in the seat of sorrow. The school of sorrow will teach you what you are made of. The school of sorrow will teach you if you can handle pressure, if you can handle pain, if you can handle adversity, the school of sorrow is a school that you must graduate from because the school of sorrow is necessary in order to walk down the pathway of your purpose. In fact, the school of sorrow will also teach you about the folk around you. Yeah, the school of sorrow will teach you about the people that are supposed to be connected to you because Jesus is praying with his disciples. But the difference between what Jesus is doing and what his disciples is doing is that the Jesus has to go through sorrow while his disciples get to sleepwalk through the school of sorrow. And there's somebody that's watching me tonight and, and they're wondering about how they handle people that are around them and people that say that they'll go to the cross with them, that people that tell you that they'll carry you and they'll be with you through thick and thin, but you quickly realize about the folk that say that they're really with you and they're not. You realize about their true intentions when you go through the school of sorrow. And I want to say to somebody today that you have to go through sorrow and your friends can escape sorrow simply because of the gravity and the weight of the purpose that is on your life and is not on their life. You see, the magnitude of your purpose will be equivalent to the sorrow and the pain that God will have you endure. That's for somebody right there. You're going through great sorrow and they get to escape it because they don't have the purpose that you have. Yes, they don't have the anointing that you have. They don't have the calling of God that you have. And you cannot sleepwalk through the school of sorrow and expect to get the anointing of God that he has for you. You have got 
got to graduate from the school of sorrow. You have got to stay in that seat until God perfects your purpose. You've got to stay there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't like sorrow. And a lot of people don't know how to handle sorrow because some people, when they go through sorrow, they run away from God. But often God will test us with sorrow and great pain because God wants to see if the sorrow will push us into prayer or the sorrow will numb us to sleep. God wants to know, will the sorrow in your life propel you to pray or will the sorrow in your life lull you to sleep? Uh huh. Some people fail in the preparation stage and they never reach their purpose because they can't graduate from the school of sorrow. And maybe God is allowing sorrow in your life because he wants to push you closer to him. And you can always tell people that are connected to God with how they handle great sorrow, great adversity. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. I'm not saying it hasn't broken your heart. I'm not saying it's not stressful. What I am saying is that you cannot allow sorrow to back you in the, in the corner in the corner of your own depression, but you have got to allow sorrow to be the catalyst that lights the fire of purpose in your life. And you've got to fall down on your knees and you got to pray until you get the breakthrough. You got to pray until you feel God's presence. You got to pray until God hands you the degree and says, you have now gotten a degree in the sovereignty of God. <laughs> yeah, you've now gotten a degree in the sovereignty of God. Because when you go through sorrow, it's not that you have the answers, but you realize as you begin to pray that God is sovereign. Hmm. And God can do what he wants when he wants, with whom that he wants. God will do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, because he is sovereign. And you know that you have passed through the school of sorrow when God hands you a certificate, when God hands you a degree, and you say, God, I know that you are sovereign. God, I don't understand it, but Lord, I know that you're sovereign. God, I can't see why you're allowing this, but I know you're sovereign. God, I don't know why we are struggling the way that we are struggling, but God, I believe that you are sovereign. Jesus says that his soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. It's not that Jesus is suicidal. It's just that his sorrow is so overwhelming. His sorrow is so heavy that it will crush him if he's not careful to the point of death. Jesus is sorrowful. So we see that Jesus has sorrow. But we also notice in this story, in this text, that Jesus, he has to submit to the will of God. Not only does he has so have sorrow, but Jesus has submission. Put that in the chat. 
You've got to be submitted to the will of God. Verse 39 says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You see, Jesus is like this olive in the middle of this olive grove and Jesus is at the olive press and Jesus is being squeezed because you weren't created to stay stay an olive, but you were created to be turned into oil. You see, the greatest part or version of you is the oil. And in order for oil to come from the olive, the olive has to submit to the oil. Mm -hmm. In order for oil to be secreted from the olive, the olive has to submit to the will of the oil. And Jesus is like the olive in this garden, and he has to submit to the plan and the purpose of the oil. You see, there is oil on the inside of you, and the only way for the oil to come out of you, you have to be squeezed, and you have to be submitted to the oil that is on the inside of your life. You see, an olive can only be the greatest version of itself when it is squeezed and when the oil comes out of it. You see, the olive understands that the greatest version of who it's supposed to be and who it was created to be is not the olive. I don't want you to stop at living your life as an olive. I want you to know tonight that you were not created to be just an olive, but you were created to be turned into oil. And when the olive is crushed into a paste, the oil is extracted out of that olive. I want to tell somebody tonight, you have got to submit to the process of becoming coming oil. There is an anointing on your life. And the only way for the oil to come out of you, you have got to be pressed. You have got to be squeezed. And when the olive is squeezed and the skin of the olive is cracked in such a way that the olive is turned into paste, that's when the oil is extracted out of the olive. I want to let somebody know right here tonight that you have oil on the inside of you. You are like Jesus and you have oil that God is squeezing. And it's when God squeezes it that the oil submits, the olive rather, submits to the oil. And the olive can never be oil until the olive submits to the understanding that the most valuable part of itself is that if it is processed into oil, you've got to go through the process. God wants to make you valuable. God wants to make you worth something. 
something, but you have got to be willing to be turned from an olive into oil. And Jesus is this olive in the garden of Gethsemane. He is the olive and he is the oil. He is the olive and he is the oil. And when God squeezes the olive called Jesus, that's when we see the anointing. That's when we see the submission of Jesus. That's when we see Jesus become humble up under the plan and the will of his father. You'll never make it unless you humble yourself to the process of the oil. You'll never make it until you as an olive are willing to be crushed, until you as an olive are willing to be broken. You got to get humble. You got to be humble. You got to submit yourself to the plan of God. I need somebody to type it in the chat. You have to submit yourself to the plan of God. You've got to be submitted to the will of God. You got to be submitted, not to what you want to do, not to your agenda, but to God's agenda. The Bible tells us that God God wants us to humble ourselves up under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due season. Somebody's got to get low tonight. Somebody has to get low in their spirit tonight. I know it's hard for you to eat humble pie, but that's what God is serving tonight. You've got to be crushed in this season. You've got to be humble in this season for God despises the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And the only way for you to achieve the full grace of God, you have to humble yourself. You got to get low. Yes. Get low in the spirit. You got to get low like Jesus is doing here in the garden of Gethsemane. He is being squeezed as the olive so that his oil can come out. If he is not squeezed as an olive, then we will not be able to receive the oil that comes from his life. I talked to you about the sorrow of Jesus. I talked to you about the submission of Jesus. And finally, I want to land here at the sacrifice of Jesus because Jesus has to sacrifice sacrifice himself. He has to give up his life in order for us to get the benefits of the oil that comes out of Jesus. Jesus has to sacrifice himself for the sins of the, of the world. And so Jesus is battered. There was one dark and gloomy, gloomy and just a very lonely Friday night where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. He is alone. He is this Responded. He is grievous. He is sorrowful. And Jesus has to be crushed as an olive in order for us to be who we are. Jesus has to be crushed. And I am grateful tonight. I don't know about you, but I am happy tonight that Jesus was bruised. I am happy tonight that he was wounded for our transgressions. 
and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. I'm glad that the olive was crushed. Hallelujah. I'm glad that the olive was squeezed because if Jesus did not die, if Jesus was not squeezed, then we would not have the anointing of God today. We would not have the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins. Is there anybody that's happy tonight? that Jesus was crushed. Is there anybody that's happy tonight? No matter how much you didn't want him to do it, he had to do it. And I am glad that he was crushed. I am glad that his skin was broken. I am glad that he was lacerated. I'm glad that he had stripes on his back because if there were no stripes, hallelujah, on his back, then there would be no oil that would leak from his body. I want to tell somebody right here tonight, you have to become oil. This is your season to become oil. This is your season to be squeezed. I know you are going through pain, but this is your season, hallelujah, to become oil. The devil doesn't want you to be crushed. The devil wants you to have it easy. The devil wants you to run away from the preparation, but you've got to go through this so the oil can come out. I prophesy over somebody's life. Oil is about to come from you. Oil is about to come from your prayer closet. I declare it over your life right now. Hallelujah. Oil is about to leak out of your spirit. Mm -hmm. Oil is about to come from whatever you put your hands to. I declare it right now. Oil is about to come from Link Church. In the name of Jesus, I declare it prophetically. Oil is about to come from the fact that we've been crushed. Oil is about to come from the fact that we went through hardship and pain. Oil is about to come from the fact that you lost your family member because you've got to go through sacrifice in order for the oil to flow. The oil has to flow. The oil has to flow. The oil is flowing from your life. I declare it in the name of Jesus. The oil is coming from your life. The oil, God is not interested in the olive you. God is interested in the oil that's in you. Hallelujah, put it in the chat. God is not interested in the olive version of you. God is interested in the oil that's within you. He put oil inside of you. Your family needs your oil. Your community needs your oil. Your church needs your oil. That family member that's not saved, they need your oil. I release the oil of heaven right now on this Good Friday service. I release the oil of heaven because the oil only comes through sacrifice. You got to go down 
Be not weary in well-doing, for you will reap. I feel my help. If you faint not, you will reap in that season. God is pushing you into your oil season. Hallelujah. You went through the crushing. You went through the breaking. You went through the pain because this is your oil season. The olive and the oil. I want to declare to you, just like Jesus, you are the olive and the oil. You are the olive and the oil because God wants you to turn your olive into oil. And the only way for that to happen is you have got to go through great preparation. It's about the sacrifice. It's about the sacrifice. It's about the sacrifice. It's about the sacrifice. God is pushing you into a dark season of sacrifice. I don't know who that's for, but you're about to sacrifice financially. You're about to have to sacrifice greatly in your finances because God is not trying to put you in the poorhouse. God is not trying to put you on the street. God is trying to produce the oil. It's about the olive and the oil. The olive and the oil. God wants all oil to come out of your money. God has you in this season. And maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're going through pain in your body. God wants to heal you. But God is taking you through the crushing process. Through the sacrificial process. Because God wants to give you oil. God wants the oil to emerge out of your life. Somebody is getting wet with the oil of heaven right now. I dare you to lift your hands wherever you are. I dare you to open up your mouth wherever you are. I dare you to receive the oil of heaven. I feel like the Holy Spirit is pouring out oil right now all over your life. I dare you to lift your hands hands right now. Shamane, I release oil in your family. I release oil. You got to get the oil, get the oil, get the oil. I don't care where you are in your kitchen. I don't care where you are in your living room. Lift your hands and receive the oil of heaven. It's flowing. The oil has to flow. The oil has to flow. The oil has to flow. When the oil begins to flow, no devil in hell can stop it. When the oil begins to come out of the out of the olive, no demon can block it. When the oil begins to flow, nothing can stop it from moving. The oil is moving. The oil is moving. The oil is moving. The oil is moving. The oil, yes. The oil is flowing. It's coming out of the olive. It's coming out of the olive. It's coming out of the olive. I declare it in your life right now. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Because Jesus had to go through great sacrifice. And he says to us, if any person comes after him, they have to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him because this takes sacrifice, the olive and the oil.
We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.